0: To another episode of the Forgotten My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the two points in time magic to my past and future sight, Mister Robert Lundgren. How you doing?
1: Hello, hello. I am. I am out of it. I don't know about you.
0: Uh yeah. First, uh, first day back from vacation. Um, it was a long day. It's been several weeks since I spent a day in meetings, and whew, it to wore me out, man. I'm tired. I'm tired. So. I could- <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is with me, but I, I've just had these long gaps where I, I think I say something out loud and I haven't or whatever. I'm just kind of sitting there like. kind Yeah, just, it's funny. It's happened like three times in the last few minutes. I know. I know. And you, you've been doing it, too, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it's, it's a bad combo. So I guess we're going to have long pauses to edit out of this podcast. That'll be fun.
0: Well, on the plus side, we do edit. So, you know, <laughs> you guys won't suffer out there you should just leave one in, just kind of randomly, just. Uh... Yeah, we're not just having pregnant pauses, we're having friggin' litters. <laughs> well, as always, let's start this episode off with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys help us keep the lights on and the servers humming and the questionable content rolling, especially in terms of life decisions as far as movies are concerned. What well, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, <laughs> it is, in fact, a day. A day filled with love and bears and
1: Yes, yes. Jonathan, happy National Winnie the Pooh Day. Incidentally, and I chose this because Winnie the Pooh has now entered the public domain. As long as you do not depict Winnie the Pooh with a red shirt, which is copyrighted by Disneyland, you could do whatever you want with Winnie the Pooh. Public domain, baby. Enjoy
0: it. It's yours. It's ours. There you go. So what you're saying is that you and I can now write Winnie the Pooh fiction legally. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as he's not ever choosing a red shirt. What about the coat? Is the coat? Is the coat? Well, no, you can. As long thinking as he's not depicting Paddington. Your, yeah, yeah. You can't depict Winnie the Pooh with a red
1: shirt. In the original book, he has no shirt. He, he is just a naked bear. Can so, we do
0: a Winnie the Pooh Paddington crossover? Is that legal? Can we do a Winnie the Pooh Paddington bear Spock and Kirk slash fic? I mean, I'm in.
1: No, because. Star Trek is not in the public domain, so no, we
0: cannot do that. There you go. Winnie the Pooh, the original red shirt. Moving right along. Hashtag uh, (laughs) Winnie the Pooh Day. (laughs) Hashtag Winnie the Pooh Day. Um, Yeah, well, let's kick this sucker off. Let's get to our first segment. It is now, of course, time for our off-the-shelf segment. That is the segment where we talk about all the wonderful things that we've had off of our shelves, onto our tables, or into our media devices, and most importantly, into our hearts, Robert, it is your turn to select where we begin. Let, let's, let's get over that hump,
1: because I think movies and TV, we've had a significant amount. You and I have
0: both begun The Witcher Season 2, which just recently came out on the Netflix. Begun? I have finished it! Ah! Oh, I, have, I have not yet finished it, so no no spoilers. I think I'm four episodes in.
1: Uh, it's better than last season because it's linear. I'm happy about that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a fun ride. It made me want to read the books, and it makes me want to play that dumb video game, but, like, it's really hard to play it with children in the house, so I got to choose my battles wisely when it comes to that one because that is not appropriate for the
0: kiddos. Yeah, not even remotely. Not even, like, a little bit.
1: But, yeah, once I get done with my Dracula kick, I think I'm going to try to plow through The the Witcher one more time. Or try again because I... I read the first short story book, but they've come out with a second one since the last time. And all five of the uh, the books have been translated now. And I, only, I think only the first two or three were when I tried it the first time.
0: You know, but, that's uh, on my list of things that I need to do. I need to go and read those books. I've not yet done it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They were pretty good translations from what I remember. I, I really like the short story collection a little bit more. The problem, and I think the problem of the uh, the, the, the the Pentology, because there's five of them, Um which season two is mostly telling the story or it's at least based off of the first book of the, uh, of the five book series, whereas last season was based off of uh, both of the short story collections, like bits of both. Um, the second short story collection wasn't out. And so when I jumped from the first st- short story collection to uh, the first book, there was like a lot of story, like, like in the f- first short story collection, I don't think uh, uh, Josker J- is in it. Like, he gets introduced in the second short story collection, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. But, like, yeah, just there's a lot of characters that just don't, like, Siri is not in the first short story collection at all. And so, like, I, like when they're talking, like, where's Siri? Where's this other guy? I'm like, who the hell are you talking about? And it was, it was very kind of, uh, you yeah, know, it was weird. So I will try it again now that both of the short story collections are out.
0: That'll probably work better. Well, without getting too much into spoiler department, since I'm not completely done yet, I will say this much. Um, not only am I really enjoying it and absolutely loving it, um, but a-, a lot of my gripes from a time perspective with uh, season one, where it jumped around a lot and they weren't really the greatest at kind of letting you know that, have been fixed. And I'm really, I'm invested. I'm wholly It's invested.
1: fixed because it's linear. It's all going yeah, at the same yeah.
0: time. And it's just, I'm, I'm really super into it. I'm really having a good time with it. It's a cool world. It's a little bit different and it's, it's, yeah, I'm having a good time. Well, tell you what,
1: uh, we will combine the Star Treks. I am continuing to watch Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Prodigy. Discovery is on hiatus for a little bit, uh, while they finished out Star Trek Prodigy. Star Trek Prodigy just had the most Star trek of Star Trek episodes to Trek ever. It was amazing. Worth worth watching the whole series for because it's half hour episodes and there's only five or six of them at this point so you have no excuse. But the I'll uh, the get most there. I'll get there. The, the most recent episode was called Kobayashi and it was about the the kids on the ship finding out the holodeck and then learning about the Kobayashi Maru test and the guy who wants to be captain taking it and uh, it was pretty it was the trickiest trek ever because they're like choose your bridge crew and he's just and he's like going through them all and he doesn't know who anybody is so he's like just give me the best uh, you know uh, operations, ta- uh, operations, security, medical, and, uh, somebody, oh, and science. And it gives them Spock, Odo, Ahura, and, uh, Beverly Crusher. And, uh, yes, that was just kind of amazing and fun.
0: That's awesome. And I loved it. Yeah,
1: it was, it was the trickiest trek to ever trek. It was great. It was awesome. And that show is doing exactly what I, I was hoping it would do. Because remember how I was bitching about the purple guy and how he just doesn't shut up and yeah. he's terrible. Yeah, no, that whole episode of Kobayashi Maru was the very special episode where he learned how to be a captain and not to be such a dick, and and he really took that to heart. And I'm like, oh my god, like this is all part of the plan. They're trying to show kids that Star Trek is cool and you know being a good captain is awesome. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to like the purple guy now, and I hated him before. So mm-hmm. there you go. Mission accomplished. Make your kids watch it. Get them into the Trek cult. It is Trek propaganda. and It's lovely. It's lovely.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I've only somewhat exposed my kids to Star Trek, um, mostly because, you know, I've got such a wide variety of ages and some things are maybe a little less appropriate for some of the kids than others. Prodigy
1: is a Nickelodeon show, so it's designed to be for the kiddos, for the Nickelodeon age, which is, you know. I think, I think it's kind of a tween show. I think that's where it's aimed. So, gotcha. But it's not, it's not bad at all. Also, the kids are back in school. And so I, I
0: got on a kick yes, of my watching. children are now in their Petri dishes as well.
1: Yes, yes. So I watched a couple of uh, movies I can't watch with the kids and that the wife doesn't watch want to watch. I watched uh, Keanu Reeves in The Constantine, which I've heard is a very bad adaptation of that comic book, but still a good movie. And I, I love that movie. I haven't read. I know it's Hellblazer. not the comic book; it's its own thing. Yes, it is definitely its own thing. But you know what? It's it's quite lovely. But it's, it it's a fun. it's a really good thing. Yes, yes.
0: I, I just consider it multiverse. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently that's canon because Constantine saw the multiverse, and he saw his version from Hellblazer and Keanu, and the guy from the TV show, etc. So, well, there yes. you go.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all canon. You know, um, uh, Keanu was on Stephen Colbert. Yes, not too long that's ago, why and do, I watched it. Oh that's, man, like yeah. I would watch the crap out of that movie. Like I love the first one. In fact, that was one of the first um, scary movies that I showed Chloe when she wanted to watch a scary movie, and sh- she loved it too. Like it's it's fantastic. It, it's such a it's a, such a fun movie, and it's so well put together. Agreed. And then
1: on that note, I watched a return to Salem's Lot on the HBO Max. And oh
0: my and That's when it took God. a turn for the worst. Oh my God, how did that movie <laughs> get made? Based on based on your based on your texts, I think that's that, that meme that's floating around right now. It was at this moment that he knew he fed <laughs> up. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh
1: as I was watching it, I was realizing that Mike Flanagan remade this movie already and he called it midnight mass.
0: And, uh, yeah, but it was good. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Salem's lot too. Apparently not. That's a little more of a car accident territory right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you want to watch it, just, just watch Mike Flanagan and pretend the island is Salem's lot. And it's, it's, that's all you need. You're, you're fine. You're good. You're good. Um, and then I was on the Reddits, because uh, I'm on part of the uh, the Bad Movie Reddit, and somebody said the movie Streets of Fire has the most perfect opening 15 minutes, and then the complete and utter unraveling of a movie that he's ever seen. And I'm like, I want to go there. So, and of course, the library had it, because uh, Shop Factory did a special edition a couple of years ago, so I rented it. And oh my gosh, Jonathan, the first 15 minutes of that movie are are perfection, They are perfection. And then the whole thing just unravels before your eyes as you watch the rest of
0: it. Is anybody streaming it?
1: No. No, I wish. I wish. It's not even available for rental? Uh, You can rent it, I think, off of, like, Amazon and and, uh, Apple or something. But I I, I did it from the library because it's it's free. What's it called again? Streets of what? Streets of Fire. Uh, It's... You should watch it because it's one of those movies that people who have done similar things that have, you know, people have iterated on that movie and made a much better movie. But it it, you'll watch it and you'll recognize a lot of stuff that you've seen in movies, you know, later. Because this was made 1983. And, like, I was – as I was messaging you as I was watching that movie, I'm like, I can't tell if this is just – terrible or or so far ahead of its time, it didn't know what to do with itself. Let, let me tell to, you,
0: I kind of know what I'm getting into because when I popped in there, customers who watched this item also watched The Ice Pirates. So yeah, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But yeah, no, no joke, no joke. Like that movie, if you
1: watch it, you can see other films that people have done better. Um, like it was, if somebody remade it now, it would be kind of like that sort of hyper real, um, uh, anachronistic. uh, Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of movies you can see. Like it's obvious a lot of filmmakers watch that movie and are like, wow, this movie, I could, I could do better. And then did. So thank you to that movie, I guess. Oh, and I found out there's a direct to not even, not even crap video, but like direct to just hasn't even come out yet because it hasn't even come out yet. A guy like made a sequel to that for like $15. And, uh, yeah, they got the original actor back because apparently he's not doing much. But yeah, I don't... I, I, Gee, I, I've, you don't yeah, say. I, yeah, I don't even remember what it was called. But like, yeah, the preview on the internet was amazing. So anyway, I don't even know why I brought that up. All right, tell me a couple things you watched, Jonathan.
0: Uh, Let's see, what else have I been watching? Um, So oh, I did watch the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett without going into any spoilers. It is continuing the brilliance of Mandalorian and I am super stoked. And episode two was jaw-droppingly good. Just amazing. I cannot wait to talk to you about it. Um I watched No Time to Die and we're not going to talk about it right now because we need to return and finish out our Bond series. And um I'll just say wow what a finish it is. Um, I've watched the Green Knight like three times. You need to watch it. I want to talk to you about it. It's on my list of library, man. It's It's on my list. I'm working on it. Pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. I think you're going to like it. I hope you like it. I'm sure
1: I'll like it. It's Arthurian legend. I I love Arthurian legend. There's Um, there's very little doubt in my mind I won't like that movie.
0: And then I got, uh, I watched uh, Matrix Resurrections. I watched that too. It was on your list. I didn't see it on your list. It was on my list. Oh yeah, there it is. There There it is. Oh my so, gosh, I might
1: get, I'm, Jonathan, I might get the Green Knight and No Time to Die in the next two weeks. <laughs> oh my oh God. That be, that, oh God, we're going to have a good talk. I, I, I'm going to be a busy guy. So much to talk about. Matrix, not much to talk about in Matrix Resurrections, unfortunately. So without any spoilers, <laughs> what did you think?
0: I thought it was okay. I really liked it. I thought it did some really neat stuff visually. Um, I liked it. I, I really liked Matrix. Uh, I thought it was a really nice revisiting of those characters, and I thought it made sense within the context of their world. I thought I had some interesting things to say, especially about social media. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought, especially the first half of it was was remarkably tight and well executed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although that fight scene with uh, spoiler alert, but the Indian <laughs> and all that was pointless and stupid.
0: I didn't. Yeah, that was a part that there, there been were removed. In-
1: yeah, there there were there were parts that were just bad. Like I, I, I liked it because um I was reading about the making of it and why Lana decided to do it and it was really, really, really obvious that Keanu Reeves and uh uh Kerryon Moss were having a fantastic time. Yeah. Like they no, were
0: Absolutely. You can yeah. tell they have a very good relationship and they, they were so happy to be working together again and like it makes your heart sing. It's it's like when um Lawrence Fishburne shows up in the John Wick movies, and you can tell that the two of them are just so happy to be in each other's presence, and that just warms your heart.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, the guy who played—well, uh, spoiler alert, so I'll, I'll bleep it—the uh, he—you can tell he was having a really good time too, and it really showed. And yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of joy on that cast, which was really kind of fun to watch. But yeah, this the story left me a little lacking.
0: That's ah, where I'll I had be at a good it. time with it. I had a good time with it. I, I want to watch it again. I want to di- dig into it a little bit. And I'll tell you what, having watched this and then going back and rewatching the 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 whole original trilogy, it gives it a lot more weight and it makes certain things impact a little better. And also, I might say, watching the trilogy back to back makes it work better. Very much so. It, it works a lot better than when you watch it disjointed, like when it came out. It, it's It's interesting. Well, the new movie I watched,
1: I went to a movie theater, Jonathan. I watched Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, I like the movie, but I'm not going to go back to a movie theater
0: anytime soon. Yeah, that's how I felt after watching Dune. I was so glad that I saw it on the big screen, but then I decided I don't need to see things on the big screen for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, people, because they were still selling food. And it's like, it it doesn't count if you take off your mask, to eat popcorn, especially when the jerks in front of me never put their masks back on.
0: Yeah, after they they fit and
1: they finished half their popcorn bucket. For Christ's sakes, movie popcorn is like gold. It is so good. And you don't even eat half the bucket. They shouldn't be allowed back bucket. Buy a smaller bucket. Jesus Christ. And uh,
0: anyway, sorry. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's inexcusable. It's not okay. So, Spider Man: No Way Home. Uh, don't I w- say a thing. I haven't seen I'm it just, yet. I'm, I'm I, just gonna say I really liked it. I have avoided I, spoilers like the plague. I don't want to
1: know anything. you uh, your it, it was really good. Tom Holland is uh, Tom Holland is cute as a button. I love that guy. He's he's a very good Peter Parker. They're they're being very coy right now, and if they're gonna do another one, and I'm very sad because I want to see more Tom Holland Spider Man, but he kind of wants to pass the torch to Miles Morales, and I, I can totally get that sentiment, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even given the comics, that, that's that's really appropriate. And, you know, honestly, I think the world is ready for a Miles Morales live action film. I really do. Yeah,
1: they, they'd still need to do at least one one or two more Tom movies to sort of pass the torch. Cause Depends I, on I how like they Mi- do it, but yeah. I, 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 Miles's story, at least for me, works better. Like, the video game did it good because it works better because it, it was slow. You know, because in the video game, I don't know if yeah, you played but the whole think thing. Think about but, how but, they
0: handled it in End the Spider-Verse, and that was friggin' brilliant. And yeah, but they the, did it in a
1: single movie. Right. But the, it was about a Spider-Verse movie. And I I, I get him. I, I think Miles needs an origin story and, and I don't want him to rush through it because whenever they rush through origin stories like that movie's garbage. Like the, fir- the f- Amazing Spider-Man and the first Spider-Man movie were crap because like they had to cram so much story into so short of a time. And so if they spend a whole movie basically just doing Miles' origin story and then they pass the torch and then one after that. I, I, I would appreciate that better personally, because I I would rather them do that character justice.
0: Yeah. Than, I mean, yeah. as long as they do it justice, I don't care how they do it. I just want them to do it justice. I just want them to do it
1: slow. I don't I don't even want Miles to put on a costume at the end of, of his first origin story movie. That that That's that's movie two. <laughs> like the Spider-Man PS4 game like that. That was really good. Anyway, we are off topic. Uh, I watched Burn Notice a little bit because we're playing Knights of Black Agents. I was watching spy stuff because spy stuff is cool. And uh, last but not least, Betty White died. It's very sad. So I watched her episode and of SNL. Saget. And
0: Bob said, "I know that was just yesterday." So many, oh, yeah, hurt. that hurt that, too. That, yeah. That's a one-two combo right there. That's not cool. Twenty twenty-two. Year- oh, and Sydney Poitier passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few people have passed away. That, so. That's the one-two-three combo. I'm not okay with any of that. Yeah, I mean, granted, Betty White was 99 and Sydney was 95, but. Bob Saget was only like 64. Like that's not 65, fair. yeah. 65, yeah. still. Still not fair. All right, I'm done. That's all my stuff. But, oh, Betty White
1: episode of SNL, uh, interestingly enough, hasn't aged terribly well. There's there's some casual, uh, yeah, it's casual racism about Asian people and some stuff like that. I'm like, wow, humor in 10 years has has changed. That's interesting. Anyway, moving yeah, on.
0: I, just, I think it's fair to say that the last five years has really rapidly reshaped humor. Yeah, and that's okay because there's good, some good changes.
1: All right, you already talked about Free Jack, so you're done, actually.
0: Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I, I watched Free Jack. did you watch it again? <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> what? It was, okay, Jonathan. So
1: Jonathan, Jonathan hold, hold, jump, on, hold on, Jonathan. a perfectly good no, no, no. reason. Damn it, Jonathan. Challenge accepted. I'll watch it tomorrow morning.
0: There's a perfectly good reason. It, I got to the end and I wasn't paying attention, and it just kind of restarted. Because of the setting that I had uh my, my Xbox on and I wasn't really touching the controller because I was doing something else in my office and then it was on again, so I just let it play and <laughs> then I got to the end again and I was like, huh. I watched that twice in a row. That's really weird. <laughs> all right, challenge challenge accepted. I will watch it tomorrow. Oh my god. I will yeah. I will
1: send you a text storm yeah. about it. Yeah. It's it's probably been twenty years since I've seen that movie.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe that's okay. I'm just saying. But you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a good time.
1: All right, all right. So what do you want to do next? It's your turn. We're going to go back and forth.
0: Uh, Hey, man, let's just jump into board games real quick. Get those out of the way.
1: Okay. uh, I actually played a board game besides Seven Wonders and what we've been playing on Board Game Arena. By the the way, you never accepted the invitation. Nobody told me that there was one. It's just always there. Just check back in. Are you a little baby? Do you need someone to
0: hold your hand and tell you to go to the baby? No, or can you just be an adult and check it once a day? For i Christ got so sakes. much adult crap going on right now that I do need a little reminder. A little gentle reminder. goes a long Just way.
1: check it once a day. It was up for five
0: days. Okay, send me another one. I'm ready. I'm
1: ready. Well, I can't. It has to be someone who's a member. It has to be Ray or you or whatever. Anyway. Propose uh, a rematch.
0: I have proposed a rematch.
1: All right. Yes, I played Potion Explosion. Uh, I brought along a lot of board games to play with the fam, and then we didn't do it, and it was, it was kind of weird, but we played Potion Explosion, and I had a fantastic time. I wanted to play Pandemic, but everybody agreed it was too soon. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, my, uh, my stepbrother, he's, uh, he likes playing board games with us because we have, air quotes, weird board games. And uh, because we play Camel Up and Potion Explosion, which he's played with us. And so I was like, maybe we should play Pandemic with him or Betrayal the House on the Hill. You know, like a game where we're all playing together, like, you know, blow his mind. So that was my plan, but it didn't work out.
0: Um, Well, not a lot of variety on my list. Some stuff that I've already played. Um, Played some more Descent with the kids. We're having a good time. We're about equal to where Ray and I are on our playthrough, so I'll be interested to see what starts developing from there. Ray, if you hear this, uh, we haven't had a chance to do it lately because we've been doing a lot of Night's Black Ages, but uh, let's see if we can make it happen um, because I'm ready. I think with the, the, the holidays behind us, I'm, I'm ready to return to our normal Sunday night. You
1: should next. message him because by the time this comes out, it'll be after the weekend where you guys usually play. I will.
0: I will. I will do that. Okay. Um, Jessica and I got a cute little coffee date and we took Hero Realms with us and resumed our Hero Realms uh, rivalry and we're having a good time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Played some Marvel United with the kids. That's always a quick one and easy to play and continues to be super fun. And I'm so glad that I went all in on that because having all that variation really helps that game. Uh, And then in preparation for our upcoming deep dives, um, played some Unmatched. Uh, Carlos really liked Unmatched, um, hmm. so we we he's been asking me to play that again, and I'm all all for it. Uh, our first round we did uh, Jurassic Park versus uh, Ingen, and then our second round um, we went uh, the Raptors from Jurassic Park versus Bruce Lee because that's a thing. We're gonna do it's, deep dive, so I won't ask questions. Yeah, no, 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 no questions, no questions. All right, but the fact that we can do Bruce Lee versus Raptors like makes my heart sing. I'm just throwing that out there. At that point, I don't even need it to be good because we've already achieved greatness. And then you got the Transformers deck building game. Yep. And then Transformers deck building game again in preparation for some of the upcoming deep dives. I've got uh, a stack of things that I've been kind of slowly rotating onto the table and, and kind of wrapping my head around. So, yeah, there you go. Your turn. You're picking now. Reading. We'll go with reading.
1: All right. Well, I'm back. Probably because of Nice Black Agents on a Dracula kick. And I read The Historian, which I mentioned last time by Elizabeth Kostova. I don't know why I like that book as much as I did because, like, not a lot happens in it. It's a surprising amount of uh, historians reading books in libraries. Like, that's a. No, so it's joke a Dan book. Brown book? it's oh yeah. well back I, so it came out when da i was vinci, working in bookstores no back in the 90s and that's how they built it it was the da vinci code but with the draculas
0: and oh really uh, that's funny <laughs> yeah yeah i remember them i, I that's totally how they pulled that it. joke out of my ass but apparently that really worked
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but you know what i was engaged i had a good time reading it and it 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 it's a surprisingly visual novel like she describes like cities and stuff like Like she's been to all of them many, many times, which was fun. But as I was reading it, I was like, this would work way better as a TV miniseries because it's just so focused on visual and sensory stuff that it's uh, it would work better in that medium, I think. But um, although I don't know what it would be about because there's so much reading and that people going to libraries, but it was good. It was good. Uh, Don't read it while we're playing NBA because I think I'm going to steal a bit of it for our game.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, fair enough.
1: Because uh, uh, yeah, they, they handled a plot point, it, but it's like the climax. So, but they they handled it particularly good. So I'm probably gonna steal that bit. And then uh, I have started in on one of the many attempts to write a sequel to Dracula that people have done. Uh, this one's called Dracula's Child by I forget. Oops. Uh, by a guy, I think his name's. <laughs> by a dude. It's like by a guy by a guy right whoa
0: whoa that dude like you know okay uh, like he wrote okay. it okay okay so well wow,
1: you just went full joe pesci from lethal weapon okay okay, okay. 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 j.s barnes j.s barnes uh i was thinking as i was re- i was reading this book well it uh i'm i don't know i'm like a couple chapters into it it's pretty good uh we'll, we'll see where it goes it's uh setting up a lot of stuff about like english aristocracy and secret societies and stuff and and uh, basically sensitive people like uh, lucy was in the first book uh are, are starting to get wind that like something is coming and uh, but i i don't know what any of it means yet but you know what it's it's doing a good job because it's not telegraphing every anything particularly like in your face you know like i'm intrigued you know what i mean like it's it's because you think a sequel to dracula would be like Ooh, it's dracula but I, i'm getting the sense that it's not necessarily dracula <laughs> reading this book was making me think that, uh, I I've said a lot on the podcast about how we haven't had an iconic version of Dracula in a long time. Like this generation has had a lack of just Draculas and, you know, like the last generation had Christopher Lee and, uh, uh, Tarkin and the people before that had Bela Lugosi. And we of course had, uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Gary Oldman. And, uh, it's funny as I'm reading the sequel to Dracula, it's written like the first book, so it's diary entries and whatnot. Uh, every time Jonathan's part comes out, I totally hear him as Keanu Reeves, mm. and it's really ah. amusing. <laughs> and then every time Mina writes one, I totally hear it as Winona Ryder, and it it's delightful. It makes me happy, <laughs> and I want that happiness to spread. Like the kids, man, they need their own iconic version of Dracula so they can read stuff like this and just hear it in someone's voice because it's it it's special. It makes it good.
0: I am a United Kingdom solicitor. (laughs) (laughs) So I read two... um, Well, okay. So first of all, I finished Devolved. Um, Took me a little bit longer than expected because I've had so much road time lately going to soccer tournaments for my son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I finally got around to finishing Devolved and uh, quite enjoyed it. Um, It was funny because the whole time I was uh reading it, I kept thinking to myself, wow, this kind of like reads like a movie. This would make a decent movie. And then at the end he has a a um thanks section and one of the thank yous is to somebody that he allowed him to repurchase the screenplay that he had sold him many years ago. So apparently uh this originally Max uh Max Brooks originally wrote this as a screenplay, sold it and then he, he got it back so that he could write the book. So that was <laughs> really funny, I thought. Um, and then, uh, the new Expeditionary Force book is out, book 13, Fallout, and I'm about halfway through that ginormous tome. It's one of the bigger ones yet, so, yeah, uh, getting to the end of that series. He's, uh, ending it after part 15, so only two more books after this, which is kind of a bummer.
1: Aw. All right, I read two role-playing books. Uh, the first one was I read Strixhaven, Curriculum of Chaos, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. I it's less of a campaign setting and more of a, an adventure that takes place over four years of magical college. It's a weird adventure because there is a lot of college hijinks in mixed in with it. A lot, a lot. Also, uh, I read that they made uh, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight and uh, and this book better for streaming and for you know normal people. You know, like because uh, they found out that people because because of COVID and whatnot. Like people's ability to play for hours and hours and hours, they can't do that as much. So they designed all the segments to be shorter and able to be done in like two, two to three hours instead of like four, which was how they used to do it, four or more. And uh, yeah, it shows. Like, yeah, there's a lot of little, like I said, it's a lot of hijinks because it's just a lot of little vignettes, it seems, like doing stuff that you could easily play in a session. I don't know if I want to run it or not. I'm kind of back and forth on that one. I, to be honest, I'm a little bored of Dungeons and Dragons right now. I, I want to do other things.
0: Speaking of other things, Are you saving yourself for the movie?
1: Yes. Speaking of other things. Uh, so there's this, uh, I'm a fan of the Trinity universe. I've talked about a little bit on the podcast and there's a, uh, uh, a Kickstarter that they were doing, which was like kind of their version of Ready Player One. And I'd been hot and cold on it, but I finally backed it um, because, I backed it because they were releasing the, the the actual text of the book as like a pre-release thing, you know, where you can read it before you buy it. And I'm like, okay, I'll get in on this. And if I hate it, I'll just get out. And I was reading it. And I was really liking it. I've been looking for a Cyberpunk RPG setting that spoke to me and this one did it. This one did it real good.
0: I love Cyberpunk. I would love to... It's, on
1: that. it is cyberpunk much more in the vein of ready player one without the problematic 80 stuff <laughs> okay, okay. All right, um all right. but i i don't want i mean if you if you want to go into it or or not now we're trying to keep the segment short so no we will not go into it but if you want to talk to me about it later i will be more than happy to answer every question the uh the elevator pitch is it takes place in 2084 after a world war which uh, it doesn't really matter in the context of that story but it uh uh, the, the Trinity universe, there's five role-playing games based off of it. And it's just heroes, uh, like superheroes in every time frame. So there's going to be one that's like steampunk. Then there's one that takes place in the thirties, which is pulp heroes. There's one that takes place in the now ish times, which is superheroes, like, you know, like Superman and stuff. Uh, and then there was one in the future that deals with, you know, space opera and psychics and all that. And I, I like all of them. So this one slots between the space opera psychics and the superheroes, uh, after the war where the superheroes got kicked the hell off the planet. And it's it doesn't matter. If, if you just say there was the war 20 years ago and, and leave it as vague as that, it, that's all you need because that's all that really matters. But uh, it takes place in America in a city called Cascade. And it's a cyberpunk city where everybody has a cyberpunk implant. And the thing I really liked about it, and the thing that really got my, that my, uh, just drew me in was it's, Imagine you get an implant that allows you to see in like augmented reality and you can like turn it off, but the city is designed for you not to do it. So it's kind of like they live like billboards are just blank instead of saying, you know, like this is your God now or whatever, (laughs) but like billboards and stuff are blank. And like when you walk around the city without this implant, it looks like, you know, old Tomorrowland. It's just like white concrete everywhere. And there aren't a lot of like signs, but when you have this implant, all of a sudden the AR gets overlaid through all of that. And you see the city as it's designed to be. And I really like that idea of it. And then on top of that, imagine that instead of Ready Player One, you know, uh, the, the the Oasis being run by a guy who's obsessed with the 80s, uh, it's run by Facebook and Alphabet and all that. And so one of the things that happen daily to people is you'll be walking around and somebody will walk up and converse with you and they'll go like, hi, Jonathan, how are you doing? Or, or hi how are you doing i'm uh you know uh, could you tell me the time and you go oh you, you know it's like a blah 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 it's like oh you know what you know it's a really cool watch <laughs> and then it'll advertise to you and you they are indistinguishable from real people but like that's once really a day cool. you they, isn't it but it's creepy right like like uh, a, a it's creepy per- but it's
0: where we're going
1: right exactly exactly and that's why i like it cuz like yeah they they like, talk about like i took about- a
0: call today that was like hi, hi and i said hey what's up not knowing who it was and it was like We've been trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty. So, oh, you, you got me! Damn it! Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I
1: really, I really, really like that. So I, I am, I'm very curious. It's called Trinity Anima. I could technically play it now because I've got the uh, the manuscript, but uh, the book will be out soon. I, uh, I really liked it. Uh, it was surprising how good much it spoke to me. And then it's, it's cyberpunk, and it's, there's a conspiracy, and and oh, 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 and. This is you're either going to love it or you hate it, um, but it is ready player one. Like it assumes that one of the core activities that your players will be doing is playing a video game inside the role playing game and actually playing it because the way that they've tied everything together, there is actually reasons to play the, the MMO half of it uh, inside the game to do things in the real world and fight the real bad guys. It's complicated and spoilery, but yes, and I really dug that. And my thought was because they came up with this whole world called Terra Surge and it's like a fantasy world and it's got a lot of really deep lore and it has that uh, that stupid white wolf problem where, you know, like you need to go get like a college degree to like (laughs) to appreciate their lore. And I was like, I think the only failing that this game has is um, if you have a fantasy world that you need to communicate to your players in a game. That's fair. Like, you know, like if it's a cyberpunk world, it's fair that you got to communicate that. But this game has two. And I'm like, that's that's a stretch because like Terra Surge has really deep lore and then the real world has really deep lore. And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if I actually ran this, I, I think during session zero, I would ask the players, what is a video game franchise or whatever that, you know, real good and I would just churn the MMO into that and be done with it. Like just, you know, so it's like, we're playing star Wars instead of Terra surge or grand theft auto 38 or, you know, whatever it happens to be the elder scrolls part 17,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
1: cause that'll never happen. No, well by 2084. Yeah. It'll probably be the elder scrolls nine, but anyway, uh, <laughs> But yeah, you get what I mean. Like, yeah, that, I think that's my only complaint of it. But other than that, it, I, I was having a really good time. It's a really good book. I, I am interested in running it, and I'll use video games unless there's something else. in aren't going back and forth.
0: Uh, what? Uh, that was oh books. oh, that was RPGs, right? Yes, that was our no. That was books. No, that was books. All right. So, what? Where do you want to go next? We played Knights Black Agents. It was fun. Did you have a good time? Yes, I had a great time. Cool. Are we keeping you on your toes?
1: No, uh, th- th- this adventure was, or the, 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 next couple of sessions are really kind of loosey goosey. So it, it's, it's sandboxy intentionally. So not really. Cause I anticipated that. Does that make sense? I knew I was going to have sure. to be kept on my toes. So I, I was expecting that I didn't have. Yeah. Like, cause the plot's really open right now. So I just, I, I, I have a lot of iron fire ugh, irons in the fire. So yes. But yes, you are keeping me on my toes, but I was expecting it. So does that count? Yes, I think so.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: All right. And uh, video games, Jonathan. Everything I've talked about before. I'm playing Animal Crossing a little bit, playing Stellaris off and on. Uh, Started up Skyrim again for reasons I don't understand, but whatever. I started as a stealth archer and then I got bored of that. Now I just shank people with my sword. I like sneak up and try to shank people with a sword. It's fun. Finn, what have you been playing?
0: Uh, well, video games wise, let's take a look. Um, okay. So I continued to play the Halo Infinite and I'm having a good time with it. I've been playing a fair amount of the multiplayer and I'm about, I think my gut tells me I'm about halfway through the campaign. They added Scarlet Nexus to, uh, Game Pass. So I downloaded that and started playing through it. It's a cool game with telekinesis. Um, I have no idea what's going on cause it's very anime, but, um, I have telekinesis, so I'm having a good time.
1: I've heard about that. Is that a role-playing game or
0: something? Uh, it's got some RPG elements, but it's more action than anything else. Hmm. Okay. I've heard good things. Then Jurassic World is also on Game Pass, so I installed that on my Xbox. And if you recall, before I played that on my PC, and now I'm playing it on my Xbox, and I'm basically hooked again. Is this Jurassic World Evolution? Yes. Part one or part two? Part one. Okay. So the classic. Okay. Yeah. So I'm cruising through it. I'm doing all the things, and I'm having a great time, and I'm going to complete it again, just like I did on my PC. And then because that wasn't enough, I, I picked up Jurassic World Evolution 2 for my PC, and I'm having fun with that, too.
1: How is Evolution 2? I've been mulling over getting that eventually.
0: I mean, it's more with more stuff. That's how I would describe it. I'm not so far into Evolution 2 because I got really hooked on 1 again, and I, I wanted to f- replay through the whole thing before getting to 2. Uh, but from what little I've played of 2 so far... I'm continuing to have a good time. It's v- much more varied environments, and there's a lot more options. And there's a couple of additional things that really kind of are interesting so far. I am I'm, I'm having a great time with it.
1: Yeah, I heard they cranked up the, uh, the, the management part, which I'm just curious how they handled that. I mean,
0: that... that makes sense because, I mean, it's still less than what you get with their Zoo game, which is crazy. Well, yeah. They added a game to Game Pass called Lawn Mowing Simulator, and I downloaded it and decided to play it ironically and now i'm 18 hours into the game and i'm nice i'm creating an empire robert and i can't stop mowing lawns and i just bought a new lawnmower and it's dope and it's so fast and so powerful and it makes me so happy and yet i can sit back and look at it and say i'm mowing lawns on a video game what is wrong with me and then i pick up the controller and do it all again and I'm building an empire. I hired my first employee. I now have two crews. Nice. Yeah. I can't wait till I can afford to, to buy a new headquarters and, and have three bays, so that means I can hire a, third, a, a second employee.
1: Aw, oh, man, it's an Xbox exclusive.
0: Is it really? Yeah. What a weird thing to be an exclusive, just throwing that out there. I can't imagine that there's too huge of a, of a you know fan base for a lawnmowing simulator. I'm going to get so much. (laughs) Why? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lawn mowing simulator.
1: You know, I, I get a lot of those simulator games. What they really, really get into is that like, uh, like, you know how corridor crew is, has had this kick of satisfying render things of late,
0: which are, Uh, which are, which are, there's this whole trend on TikTok where people like take objects that are perfect. And, and because we're guys and we want to see them smash, like it'll be like the top of a pool and then the guy will take it out of the pool of water and then smash it. And it is satisfying. I get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Mowing the lawn and the lines and doing all that. I, I, I get it. It's there, there's there it's, it's, satisfying. It's satisfying seeing the little parallel lines and, and all of that, and then doing it slightly more efficiently or figuring something out. And yeah, it's, it's I, no, I, I get that. I'm not going to pick on you for that. I I get it. it's it's like Dragon Quest Builders it's like yeah you put down blocks and it looks like stuff oh my god it's so much fun and it's like how is that fun and I can see why people don't think it's fun but it's just satisfying like watching this thing get made and yeah it's mowing lawns but whatever it it is what it is it is satisfying Mm -hmm. I don't doubt it I'm not gonna pick on you for that I'm not the fun police and I secretly totally want to play it I'm bad it's on the police station just saying
0: maybe we'll get lucky and maybe it'll it'll come over Maybe it's only a six-month exclusive. Maybe. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's it for video games for me. What does that leave us? Uh, nothing. All right. Finn. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our off-the-shelf segment, which means, of course, it is time for a short break, and when we return, it'll be time for our what will be our very short Wisdom of Crowds. So we will see you in a moment. We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find the link on our website, forgotmydice.com.
1: You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find
0: us at Forgot My Dice. And, of course, you can email us at fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our
1: website, forgotmydice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other
0: content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you
1: listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation robert this this needs to stop
0: Listen, so i'll make you
1: i will not make any deals with you i will not be pushed filed stamped indexed briefed debriefed or numbered my life is my own oh
0: God. i'm gonna cut his cord And welcome back from the break. It is now time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. That is, of course, the segment where we talk about all of our biweekly tabletop news, which, frankly, this week is going to be a little. There's just not a ton. Star Trek Super Skill Pinball, the board game, is coming from, Wiz- from WizKids. Yes, it is. This is a sequel to the very, very, very epic, because um, I've played it, Super Skill Pinball 4 k Uh, by the one and only Mr. Jeff Engelstein. And this is now a Star Trek version of it, and it brings all of your characters in there, including those from the lower decks, I might add. (laughs) Nice. And Academy. So there's uh, Starfleet Academy, Trouble with Tribbles, which uh, features uh, OG Trek, Lower Decks, and then Borg Attack, which is next gen. How do these games play? And why is it called Pinball? It's It's a roll and write essentially. It's cool. I, I really enjoy that game. I enjoy it a lot. In fact, I might have to secure myself a copy so that we can talk about it on the show. Now that I come what, What's it. the original game called? The original is um, Super Super Skill Pinball 4K. So, yeah, it's from WizKids. It's a Jeff Engelstein game, and, and I really like his designs. I've enjoyed his designs a lot. We talked about uh, one of his games, um, Dragon and Flagon, and I think... oh. It, yeah, yeah, I like the that th- game. That's a Jeff Engelstein joint. So, there you go. Hmm. And then before we get to our buy um, our, our our story that we both know about, I did want to point out that there's a new version of Love Letter coming out that is aimed specifically at our audience. Go on. Star Wars: Jabba's Palace, a Love Letter game. Oh, okay. so it's all about danger and deceit. 2 to 6 players. You can finish it off in about 15 to 20 minutes depending on things. And, um, yeah, it's a, a, Star Wars version of Love Letter, uh, with a couple of Star Wars specific, uh, spins, and it's coming from Z-Man. Okay. So you can pre-order it directly from Z-Man's website, uh, no release date yet on that particular game. And then finally, for you and I both to discuss, Day, the darling of many, many, a, um, acquisition of their own, is now being acquired. Embracer Group has announced their intention to acquire Asmodee. Um, that is a, a parent company of businesses that develop all kinds of stuff: um, PC games, console games, mobile games, uh, mass market games. Yeah, THQ Nordic, I think, is the one yeah, of the jewels same, in the crown. Yeah, same same kind of group. So they've they've got over two hundred and fifty different franchises. The, this franchise. is the interesting part. Did you hear what they bought almost like the next day,
1: or they announced that they were going to buy? Uh yes, uh, miniature market? Nope. Uh, something else. Oh, uh Philibert? Nope. Uh, Portland uh, or uh, I don't know if it's Portland or just up here the PNW's
0: own Dark Horse Comics is also being sold to them. Oh no kidding. Mhm, mhm. Which mm-hmm. is interesting mm-hmm. because Dark Horse Comics I believe does a lot of THQ Nordics um comic adaptations. Like the uh Dark uh what what's that series of games? I don't know. <laughs> um, DarkSiders, DarkSiders.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh wow, they, all, they own Gearbox too, and Coffee Stain. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, they're huge. They are huge. It was a 1.2 billion dollar purchase. That's uh, about double their global sales from 2018, which was about 500 million.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I, I'm wondering because they're they're. Up until now, they've been a video game holding company mostly, uh, and they went after two things that are sort of outside that ballywick. I mean, like adjacent, you know, like board games and uh, comic books. But still, it's not like their core business. I'm betting huge expansion
0: in crossover stuff.
1: Yeah, that'd be my thought. I mean, like Dark Horse itself has the license to make comics for a lot of varied properties. I mean, I guess they lost all the stuff that Disney now owns, like Aliens and all that, but they're still doing like Stranger Things, and they're working hard in that regard. And being part of that parent company means that they could, you know, do like like Borderlands and, I don't know, Satisfactory or, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean, uh, stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's, it's weird.
0: Yeah. You know what else that they, uh, Asmodee, did over the break? Um, they announced a, a price increase that is hitting retail in February of this year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, SRPs are going up pretty much across the board. And I yeah. get it. They not- cite the increase of raw materials and the increased price of transportation, and that kind of matches everything we're seeing in the industry. So if you're going to shop for Asmodee stuff, this month might be the one to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got for the news. Oh, my gosh. One of their companies, Saber Interactive, they made Shack Fu.
0: I mean, how can you say no to Shack Fu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. News. I have none.
1: There's been nothing from the realm of RPGs in the last month.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of the news, which means, of course, it is time for a King in All Things segment. This is part 10 of our 39-part series, A King in All Things, where we are, well, in some cases, watching, in other cases, self-flogging our way through Stephen King movies based on novels and novellas in order of release date. And we even have a couple extras rolled right in. Now, this is not one of the extras, although it is kind of interesting. Back in the old book days, Robert, it was very common for authors to uh, be more prolific than publishers were comfortable with, and so a lot of authors would utilize um, pseudonyms. Dean Koontz had one, um, and Stephen King had one named Richard Bachman. And but you in from publishers. Correct.
1: Was- this wasn't this wasn't his too many books. These were the four books that he wrote before Carrie. And he wanted oh, to see well, if they would. Go. Yeah, he wanted to see if they would sell. So he uh, he made the pseudonym. But yes. Well, close. There you go. Close.
0: But well, I mean, that's that's still the case with a lot of the pseudonym stuff. That's true. That is very so- true. Yes, this was a Richard Bachman joint, but we all know that means Stephen King. And this was 1987's The Running Man. Made for a budget of
1: $27 million. It made $38.1 million. Directed by Paul Michael Glazer, a.k.a.
0: Detective Dave Starsky
1: of Starsky and Hutch.
0: There you go. Yeah. This is the most 80s, 80s movie we've seen yet. That is very true. Like, you know, it is... It is like pinnacle peak 80s in every respect. It bleeds 80s.
1: Yeah, it's one of those examples, although not a very good one, of that kind of like super macho 80s action movie. Oh yeah.
0: No, it's it is super macho. Like super macho.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know, I
1: don't know. I don't have a lot to say. I was watching it and I wasn't it wasn't boring. Which is like the sin of all movies. No, it's not boring, but it is hugely not, problematic. And, and not for, good. for a variety
0: of different reasons. I mean, you got your standard casual Asian racism at times. You've got your standard. <laughs> yeah, uh, when they talked about s- Sub Zero chopping people to sushi. I was like, what?
1: Oh, what? God.
0: It was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Isn't it Odd
1: Job? Yes. Yes. So that was Odd yeah. Job.
0: And then you've got your casual misogyny as was the thing. Oh,
1: oh no, no, no! It wasn't even casual misogyny. No, there was the like implied was rape in that and all misogyny.
0: that. Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it was. It was and ugh. and yet, and that really, really bad trope. There are some things
0: to like in that
1: film. I want to point out the really, really bad trope that Arnold menaces this woman early on in the film, and it's 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 kind of creepy, like. Like, it, it. I, I don't think he ever out and out implies rape in that, but it gets kind of up against that line, which is just super creepy. And that's the love interest. They end up together by the end of the movie. I'm like, the, the the hell, people? That's There was nothing in the beginning of that relationship that was remotely like, you know, oh, Schwarzenegger
0: might be redeemable or, you know, whatever. He's like not sympathetic at all. Now, now anyway. no, he's not. But there mm-hmm. are some things that, okay, first of all, like, Oddly enough, this movie does a really good job of predicting some things that we would have in the future. Um, In the near future of 2017? (laughs) Yes. Yes. But there's voice-controlled electronics. There's a version of the internet. I think it's what, Infonet, I think they call it? Yeah, sure. Okay. There's jetpacks. We have jetpacks. Sort of. Fair. There's this weird cultural obsession with um, aerobics numbers. Mm-hmm. There's shortages of natural resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've seen plenty of totalitarian police states. Very true. Uh, uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, yeah, I Deep mean, fakes. Like, that's you missed deep things. fakes. Yeah, deep fakes. Oh yeah, the deep fake thing was creepy. Mm-hmm. Like we got when we got to the deep fake scene, I was like, oh my god, they really nailed the hell out of this. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, deep fakes. They predicted it a long time ago. Um, and yeah, there you go. Like it, there, there's a lot of, of stuff. And, and one of the things was like some of the cultural narrative that they that, that's just under the surface of this movie. I mean, it's really creepy because it really matches with a lot of the dystopian crap that we have to deal with, especially in regards to social media and how like a large population can be controlled through, through things like social media. It's, it was, it was unsettlingly prescient in in a variety of different ways
1: you know the only thing i could think about while i was watching it is i have that old DD campaign setting xcrawl which is you know it's like the 1980s but it's a DD world so there's halflings and elves and uh, dungeon delving is televised and uh, this really remind like they they were obviously channeling this movie hard when they wrote that setting like i i never seen it but the the vibe is is completely the same <laughs> like completely the same I still don't think it's worth a watch. It it was kind of eh. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. As 80s action movies go, you you can probably get everything you get out of this in several other movies. I kind of want to watch Commando again. That was like Schwarzenegger's first big deal, I think. Right? (laughs) If you do it, I'll do it. Is it streaming somewhere? I don't know, man. I don't know. Commando. Stream.
0: Uh, the, the other real standout thing for me was Richard Dawson was great. Richard Dawson was awesome.
1: Hello. whole my. Do you still Paramount Plus? Yeah. They have the director's cut of Commando on Paramount Plus.
0: Shut your mouth. Yeah. Hold, please.
1: <laughs> A human killing machine and an airline hostess take on an ousted dictator's private army commando i i have not smoked enough cigarettes to do that voice you're not wrong anyway where were we see where this is how this is how poor this movie is we're way more excited about the thought of watching a different shorts Schwarzenegger
0: <laughs> oh movie oh my god commando's director's cut oh this is happening <laughs> I think that is Uh all we need to say
1: about this film, Jonathan. We are much more excited with the idea of watching a different Schwarzenegger movie.
0: Text me when you're going to watch it, and I'll watch it too.
1: Okay. Uh, I I found out this came out against, uh, they pushed it back a couple months because it's going to come out a month after Predator, and they wanted a little bit more space. And
0: it's like, yeah, that was, should have come out before Predator. Should have come out before. You you really needed to get to market before Predator. Yes. Because that is a much more, much more cogent movie. Yes yes so all right well looking at the big list the king tier list let's figure out where this sucker lies now it does not commit the sin of boredom so that instantly elevates it above firestarter i would say christine's a better film it is a better film yeah but this is yeah it's tough but i think i think this takes seventh place on the list under christine i i agree easily okay I'm, i'm i'm updating the list hold on so for those of you following along, the list is currently, um, we are now at 10. This is, our, this is currently our top 10. This is currently our top 10. The Shining, Stand By Me, Salem's Lot, The Dead Zone, Silver Bullet, Christine, The Running Man, Firestarter, Cujo, and Carrie. So now the question becomes, is in our next episode, our 11th episode, will something unseat the top 10 or will we find a turd glorious enough to unseat Carrie? No, we're not watching The
1: Lawnmower Man for a while. <laughs> you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. That's a thing of brilliance. Next up is the, uh, the, the classic. Uh, very good movie from what I remember. I haven't watched it in like 30 years or 20 years. Uh, Pet Cemetery, the, the original 80s I one. I have really fond memories of that being really creepy. Yeah, with Herman Munster doing the classic line, sometimes death is better.
0: <laughs> but I, I, I remember wait, wait, not death. Very, very.
1: Sometimes creepy. dead is better. See the the Indians used to bear that dead up that before the crowd went Saw.
0: <laughs> I can't
1: wait. Oh, I love Herman Munster in that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I'm really curious how it's going to hold up. Uh, I'm I'm actually really excited about this because I I love I loved Pet Cemetery back in the day. Loved it. I loved it enough. I watched the crappy sequel four times. Four times. I watched. Uh, I watched uh, Clancy Brown menace somebody with a dirt bike wheel
0: four <laughs> times.
1: <laughs> Not even menace. I think he killed the kid with a dirt bike wheel. But anyway.
0: Oh man, I, re- I remember <laughs> when this movie came out. I was creeped out, man. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. OG Pet Cemetery.
1: I'm. Uh, I am looking forward to that. Ooh, is it streaming anywhere? That is the question, people. Pet Cemetery, spelled with an S, spelled incorrectly. Got to remember that. It is on Netflix.
0: Huzzah. Oh, yes, huzzah! Hold on, hold on, he's about to say. I, it. I have a feeling that uh, Carrie is out of the top ten next time.
1: I lied to you when I said no. It's been done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't hear any more of Herman Munster. I'll have to listen to it all
0: day. Oh, oh my God! Do you see the picture on the tile in in Netflix? Look uh, at the picture. <laughs> You know, oh, you know yeah. they have different pictures based off of your preference.
1: You, you know that, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh man, they know me well. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's the little kid at the at the dude's throat, just like eating him. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, for me too. <laughs> what a still! What a still! Daddy. Oh god, it's.
1: First time playing with mommy. We had a real good time. But daddy. <laughs> Now I want to play with you. <laughs>
0: I can't wait. I'm so excited. I
1: never wanted to say this out loud to you when he looked like it, but that kid really reminded me of Lincoln for some reason. And uh, <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln has obviously grown up a little. I saw a picture of him recently. He's turning into a, a little bit more of a young man. So he doesn't, yes, he doesn't he look is. like that yes, anymore, but is. yeah, he, he reminded me of that kid for a whole long time. I didn't want to say anything cause I, I think that's an insult.
0: (laughs) I I understand. I understand all (laughs) aspects of this conversation and I laugh out loud at you.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you're taking this the right way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love Lincoln though. And now that he doesn't there look ever like, any question about how I would take it.
1: Come on. Okay. I, I, you know, I just, your, your kid reminds me of the creepy little zombie boy from pet cemetery. It could go bad. I'm just saying, I didn't want to say that out loud. <laughs> especially <laughs> cause I'd probably end up telling it to you when Lincoln was either in the house or Jessica was in your shot. I just, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> He does not look like that anymore. He's turning into a little
0: boy or like a, 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 like a, like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. He's turning into a young man. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. Amelia now talks like an adult and she's not even three yet. Like, I don't know what that means for my future, but I don't think it's good.
1: (laughs) I remember, uh, I was hanging out with my friend Julie and she had kids and I met her oldest when they were like three or four. And by the time, last time I saw him, after we moved away from Texas, they, the, well, this was actually a few years before that. But, uh, when that kid turned like 10 or 11, like it blew my mind because like, you know, they were talking to him and, and she was like, Hey, do you want to go do this thing? And he's like, let me check my, uh, my date book. I'll get back to you. And I'm like, the, the hell <laughs> you were, you were three, you were this little thing. And you were like, Oh, I like playing with Legos or whatever. And now you're like, ah, I got to check with my people. My people call your people, babe. We'll get back to you, ma. You know, it's like it was weird. Kids man. When that happens to me, Jonathan, when that happens to me, I'm going to I'm going to die a little bit on the inside. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, it does seem
0: inevitable, though. Huh?
1: Has that with Chloe yet? Like where she just says something that's like, I got to check with my peeps. I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that crap happens all the time, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I, I think one's right on the cusp of it. And it's really sad.
0: Yeah, that kind of crap happens with Carlos all the time. All, all he talks about is moving out and not being here, and like all he wants to do is be with his friends now. Fair. Fair. <sighs> he is what it is. He is what it is.
1: Let's move on to our last segment of this segment. Now that we've had our dad existential dread moment, let's continue with the podcast, shall we? <laughs>
0: All right, well that brings us to the end of our King and All Things segment, which means it is now time for our Year in the Life segment. This is where we talk, look at what we talked about a year ago, and we chat about it some more. And uh, yeah, we just just after the the Hundies. Where 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 were we? Uh, forgot my dice. Episode one hundred and two. Oh God, my my most favorite episode title ever. A long
1: history of nibbles. <laughs> 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 oh, nibbles! God, we needed to watch a movie with him in it. Uh, we were, uh, we were nothing. It was our results episode last year. Oh well. Speaking of which, this is our results episode this uh, year. I, I know. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, weird,
0: right? Totally yeah. weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in that case, let's uh, let's let's cut the cord and jump over to our next segment after, of course, a short break. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Do you have a tabletop, board game,
1: miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter
0: that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. And welcome back from the break. It is now time for our annual segment. Not our standard third segment. This is our annual segment. And we are on our prediction results. And I, as usual, have no idea what I predicted last year. So I'll be very curious about this. I'll tell you what. Let's just get into this. Jonathan, you went first last last year. And you
1: said for your round one, quote, not quote. I didn't write down the quote. Sony will release God of War Ragnarok in 2021, and it will score a yeah. 93 <laughs>
0: on Metacritic. Which is funny, because I still think that. I think it's going to do very well. It's just going to be a 2022 yeah. Uh And then for the steel, I said two of these games will get above 90 on Metacritic. Ratchet & Clank, Gran Turismo, or Ragnarok. Two of the three... You know, I felt really good about that steel too, because you put Gran Turismo in, and we all know that Gran Turismo never comes out. It comes out, like, once every 18 and a half years, and only if the wind is right, and then it'll be patched. So... Right, yeah. so uh, big fat zero. Neither of us get anything for that. That was, wrong. yeah, wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong. I, I think the prediction was right. I just think I was a year early, unfortunately. Thanks, Covid, you jerk. Mine
1: by the end of the year, the Watsy will announce Dungeons and Dragons 5.5. I said it will be mostly in a ratapass. With the revised ranger, possibly the artificer, the class options from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything included. Alignment will become an RP tool and the racial rules where stat bumps will be separated from the races and just become whatever. And But it will not be so different to invalidate any DM's Guild purchase. And it will be a new trilogy of books that they are trying to get you to buy. So
0: Jonathan... I don't think they, this is like a weird one. Right. It is five, five, but it's not a trilogy. No, right? it's the
1: trilogy. It's going to try to get you by all three. They've at least talked about a player's handbook and a monster book, which makes me think that the other, one. and they've said, it's going to be a gift set. So I'm assuming it's going to be all three,
0: but they have not confirmed that. I think it's, that's an assumption though. And we're never going to, we won't find that out until next year, which invalidates it. So no, well, but, but they did announce it. I said they were going to
1: announce it this year, which they did. They did announce the 50th anniversary. So this is what I got. I want at least a few points because I think I got close. They did announce the 50th anniversary edition. People in the gamasphere are calling it 5.5, even though that is not the title, and I will cop to that. They are indeed dropping alignment from monsters. That's been confirmed because the there's the new book. Oh, well, it's actually in, uh, in uh, Strixhaven 2. Yeah, they they monsters just don't have alignments in it anymore. And they are not tying stat boosts to race. They've already done that in Strixhaven, so we know that's going to be in that book. So... My fault was I got a little too specific with, with what I thought they were going to mention that they put in. They basically said it's coming, and here are the things, but they didn't mention everything because the hype train for f- the 50th anniversary edition, I believe, will probably start near th- closer to the end of the year. or Because, yeah, it's not even coming out until 2024, so it might not even be until next year, come to think of it. So so what do you think that's worth on our, our scale, our patented scale of one to five points? Because I did not go for the six-point. I, I never uttered that phrase,
0: so... How many points do you think it's worth? So you got the five five right. I think the trilogy is debatable because it's it's announced, but there's no. I I I am ninety eight percent sure it'll be the trilogy of books. Yeah, but that's still. Debatable. I I don't think it's debatable. I how about this? I would be. I'm willing to give you a point and a half out of five. A point and a half is fair. I got that they yeah. announced it. I got
1: that uh, the monster race thing. I I was exactly correct on. And uh, I, think, I think it's worth a halver. I think it's worth three. Three out of five. Well, a half would be two and a half. Well, we don't deal in half points. And I think I was more right than Maybe I was wrong.
0: Because th- this is 5.5. I think
1: time is on my side on this one. This is half an addition, therefore half a point. I'm not do- we're not doing half points anymore. It's either we're two or it's worth three. And I think it's worth three. I think I got it more right than I got it wrong. They did announce 5.5 for all intents and purposes. And that was the big one. That was the big one. I got a little too excited in saying what I basically my wish list of what would actually be in
0: it which was my downfall. <laughs>
1: like, like, I think I think half is fair. I think two, no, we're not doing fair. we I, I said fair. I'm not doing that anymore. I mean it. I don't want to do half points. 2.285 to
0: the 10. No,
1: it's either we're two or I it's don't worth even three. Know what I'm it's we're two or it's three. I think it's worth three.
0: All right, I'll I'll give you 3, but
1: you got to give me benefit of the doubt if it comes up. Okay. Your block was it will not be called 5.5. It will be called 6th edition. And that is wrong. They are not calling it 6th edition.
0: No, that's just wrong.
1: That's just wrong. Round two, Jonathan, you said a major league men's team's head coach will be a woman. And then we had a long, long debate about this because I really wanted to agree with you, but I, I didn't because uh, pa- the patriarchy is strong so i i i sit down with the patriarchy but I, I think you're wrong so i went i went googling for this and i didn't find a head coach there's a lot of assistant coaches yeah, but you i i nailed I, you down you said head coach because you even said there are a lot yeah. of assistant coaches which really sucks which really really, really i sucks concur because
0: i i was hoping that we would be better than that
1: however i will give a shout out to kim ning uh, she is the general manager of the Miami Marlins as of 2020. So there you go. And that, that she is the highest ranking person in uh, a men's sport, I would think, because of that. But she's still not the coach. She is like the manager. She manages the operations. So uh,
0: That's the coach's boss. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't know if that counts or not because she also manages like the business side because, you know, snacks
0: and yeah. whatnot. And that's not really sport. <laughs> I mean, like. She manages the she directly manages the coaches and makes coaching decisions. That's true. But she also became
1: hire. that the year before you made that prediction. So <laughs> that was a 2020. These were predictions for 2021.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it, it, it sucks that this is wrong. Like, that really pisses me off. Actually. Yeah, I would agree.
1: I don't think I want to give you points on this one, but I'll give you more of a benefit of the doubt later because I want it to be right, too. Okay, you know what? It yeah, sucks. You know what? you know what? You know what? You know, down right. with the Patriarchy. I'm going to give you one point for it. We're going to we're going to celebrate a victory anyway. So you get one point because I say so.
0: Yeah, thanks, buddy. Because it's,
1: it's our game, we can do what we want. Damn straight, we can. That's that's the that's the
0: f the patriarchy point.
1: So how many points is it me worth for me to say no? The patriarchy is evil, and that will not happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like negative five. <laughs> Dude, we, I, I we really argue it's, that's officially being part of the problem. I,
1: I almost abstained, and you talked me into saying it because we were we were not commenting on anything. We were we were just commenting on society, and and I, I was not like, oh no, there's no way a woman could do that. I wasn't like that. I wasn't that jerk. I was just like, oh man, I don't I I I, I don't want to say no, but I want to say no, and I I and you were the one that convinced me to say no, Jonathan. So if if I'm gonna take a dive, you're gonna take a dive with me because you were the one that talked me into it. <laughs> how many points is that
0: worth Jonathan is it worth the full five I don't know man it's it's like that's agreeing with that 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 the crap will continue I don't all know. right okay g- patriarchy does tell you what suck. I'll double it and I'll give myself two
1: because <laughs> <laughs> the patriot down with the patriarchy is that agreeable uh yeah that's fine that's oh, okay fine. My round two, Jonathan. My round two a board game company will release more official DLCs and will crack down on mods. And I have got to say, I think I don't get credit for this because Ray came and told us, like, after you listened to the episode, that was already happening, which unfortunately meant it was happening in
0: 2020. (laughs) And he provided several examples. Well, and I haven't seen any crackdowns on mods, that's true, too. I have not seen crackdowns on mods, like, it it's it's actually especially with asthma day i've been very 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 shocked at the restraint of the legal departments okay so i i am i'm am willing
1: to get myself nothing on this i i haven't seen any evidence of it and I, I i found some but it was actually evidence from 2020 that ray pointed out so i haven't seen anything happen in 2021 ray if you would like to give me points after the fact uh, please fill us in but i i couldn't find anything in my so, so to research these, I I type the question into Google and see what I find, and I didn't find anything. So, uh, Jonathan, you disagreed. So I think I, th- I, I think that gets me full points. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you five. If I lose because I, I agreed with the patriarchy, you know what? <laughs> You know what? You know what? <laughs> that'll serve if, you if right. I loo- if I lose because right, I agree with patriarchy, do. it's what I deserve. All right. I'll go with that. Yeah. No, no, no. That's the fate you <sighs> no, asked No, 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 no. That's the fate you asked No, it's for. not what I deserve. It's what the patriarchy deserves. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Straight. Jonathan, round three. A movie in 2021 will release with a resurrected person who is dead, but you cannot tell because CGI is that good. And I replied with, uh, nope, I don't think we're there yet. I I did some basic Google searching. There's been talk of a movie starring James Dean, but it has not come out yet. And there's been a lot of hollabaloo about it, but it has not come out yet. As far as I know, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I saw a lot of articles about it, but it's still, I haven't found anybody who's actually seen it. Um, I will give you some credit though. Um, we're getting close. The deaging in Spider Man No Way Home was way real good. Closer,
0: like the 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 way the way deep fakes are working compared to the the, de- the the standard deaging techniques is is creeping us ever closer. Like it's it, we're we're almost out of the uncanny valley.
1: I, I, yeah, No Way Home. It was really impressive. Uh, yeah, the people who they de-aged in that, I I couldn't tell. I, okay, that's a lie. This isn't a spoiler because have you seen any of the previews for No Way Home?
0: No, I have intentionally Okay. Then we will not talk about this, but as blind as possible.
1: Okay. How about this? I will leave it vague. There's one character who they de-aged where they, there's a scene where they're outside and there's a scene where they're inside and you know, because of corridor crew, uh, matching up lighting and stuff for people who are outside is harder than because you, than inside the outside shots, you could tell on some of them that they, there was a little touch ups digitally, but the inside shots were
0: flawless. It was amazing. Like I, I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, shadows are amazing. They let you hide a lot. Yeah, a, a lot yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was, I was really impressed. Like the, the, the inside shots were, were really impressive. So, so Jonathan, unless you can think of an example, I could not find an example of a movie in t- released in 2021 that had a dead person in it and who was the star of it. As close yeah, as we no, got, I think someone got DH for like uh, a mobster movie. Um, or something like that,
0: but I it wasn't. They're doing a lot of de aging. Yeah, and, and, but but the, the problem is that nobody's been a star. But it's getting like we are we are there at this point. I mean, like there's been a couple of movies with dead folks in it. That's true, and they look really That's good. True. Um, you know, uh, like, but again, uh, No Way Home uh, is the, the, the first. The, one. No Way Home is
1: the first one where I, I was like, oh my god, like I can't tell, like I can't tell this person's yeah. been de aged. So, um, but yeah, it wasn't a dead person. So I think you get nothing,
0: and I get full full credit on that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, you're there. I can't uh, disagree with that. All right, Jonathan. But then we get to round three. My round three.
1: Yes, yes, and this is where I'm going to crash and burn. I said PAX Unplugged will be the first convention to go back to physical. Jonathan,
0: you disagree. Jonathan, I know you're right because I know Gen Con went, to, went back to physical. That. yes they did in fact i had friends at gen con they said it was the best gen con they've ever been to because it was capped at half capacity but it was still the same amount of floor space and so it was quite pleasant yep 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 so i think that round is a wash
1: we both get five
0: <laughs> and so what does that mean for the
1: oh for that's the it we didn't have a round four that's right we forgot to do a round four that year
0: <laughs> whoopsie whoopsie i mean we can just say that we were both just I don't know. The, the, this last one was really hard because so much of the stuff got screwed up by the Rona. All right, Jonathan. Jonathan, the patriarchy. Did you know No, win this the one? patriarchy
1: gets what it deserves. It gets what
0: it's. Yeah. Shut up, really? You got 11. You lost because uh, of the patriarchy? You got 11 points,
1: and I got 10. Now,
0: I'm kind of competitive with you on these, but you know what? You know what? That's poetic and I can't, I'm not even going to allow argument about scores because that is, no, I, that's the lesson that we take away. That's the, you know, on a very special episode of the forgot my dice podcast. I I completely agree.
1: The moral of the story people is that if you go with the patriarchy, you lose. Yeah, that's absolutely. I,
0: can we get that on a t-shirt? So, so like large, so like it's the face
1: of me and then it cuts to, you know, the, uh, the, the, the music, you know, uh, from, um, uh, uh, always curb your, enthusi- or curb your enthusiasm, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just
0: want, I, I would love—I would wear a T-shirt that just says that if if, if you go with the patriarchy. <laughs> I, I, In quotes, and underneath it'll just say Robert. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm I'm willing to let that happen.
0: That's it's. it's I would wear the hell out of that shirt. It's what true. the patriarchy. Is,
1: Should we open up a merch store and just go get that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'd buy one. (laughs) Well, there you go. There you go, kids. Never, ever, ever bet on the patriarchy. That's the moral of today's story. (laughs) Well, on that note, that does, in fact, bring us to the end of episode 121. Good for us, man. I'm really proud of us. 121 of these things. Yeah, yeah. Quite the body of work. We have a year until our our next reveal episode where I will blindly blindly stumble in, having completely forgotten about previous year's predictions, and and spent the entire episode wondering whether or not I was good. So. (laughs) Oh, man. It was nice to see these predictions again. I had some good ones. I I'm a little bummed out. I think I might have been ahead of the curve on a couple of these. Yeah, isn't that isn't that my story? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they announced 5.5. Like I I when I made that one, I thought it wasn't it wasn't going to happen.
0: I'm super bummed out that there's no major sports team with a head coach that's a woman. I think that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, the number two. It, there, there's a, quite a few number twos now, but there's no number
0: one. Let's hope this is the year. Can we make that happen, please? Somebody, be the first. Take the chance. You'll you'll, you'll appreciate it. It's worth it. Now all I can think of is Abba.
1: Take a chance, take a chance, take a take a take a chance, take a chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I'm still once again. Free. Join us on all of our digital domains. On we on would, me. of course, love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Discord mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. apparently our, our current uh, current du jour. And Robert, that brings us to the end of the episode. So, as always, any final thoughts? Take a chance on me. <laughs> I love ABBA.
1: I'm not afraid to admit that. <laughs> That's it. I'm going.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> we can't afford that mention. You better cut that ABBA out because we can't afford that.
1: <laughs> it's so in my head right now I can't make it stop. Why did uh, well, why you have to remind me then- ABBA?
0: Like, oh my God, friggin' Encanto. I can't take it anymore, man. Like, it's my kids, like, driving me nuts. It's like all they watch. I'm so, so, so done with those songs. Like, I haven't even watched the movie and I hear it's quite good, but I don't think I can now. It's just like Frozen. I heard Frozen was okay. Which movie? Never watched it. I can't watch it because the damn kids ruined it for Which me. Which movie? Frozen. No, the movie that. And now it's Encanto. Uh. Like, I can't. I can't watch it.
1: Okay. Well, you should watch Streets of Fire. I'm done with. There's it. actually quite a bit of music in that—a surprising amount—and it's it's
0: it's not 80s. I'm gonna watch Streets of Fire. I want to watch Streets. It's of Fire.
1: It's a weird film, man. It's a weird film.
0: Yeah, but text me tomorrow. Text me tomorrow. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it Brendan, on. Brendan, first edition. You're you're a professor of uh, of pop culture.
1: Uh, I, have you seen this movie? I, I I would maybe we need to have. I, am shows. I wrong that it's like. You, you, it, it's in the DNA of a lot of subsequent films like I, I really feel like it is like the more I thought about it the more I'm like I, I fell onto this is a work of genius and far too far ahead of its time and and some of the costuming they obviously stole from Dune you'll, you'll see when you see William Defoe's costume in the second act you'll, you'll, you'll understand
0: <laughs> well then there's only one thing left to do and that is Robert be excellent to one another and party on party on Jonathan the
1: music you heard in this podcast was intro by Ella additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman funding for the forgot my dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon thank you